Hey, what's up, guys? Christian Van Buren here. I am the co-founder of Ripple Effect Fatherhood. I'm excited about our next guest. Uh, make sure you stick around as he dives into some, some major, major challenges that he and his family have endured over the years um, and how he's overcome it and how I believe the Lord has used him um, to bless so many people. Uh, and just to kind of give you an idea, this, this man and his wife have, have fostered over 29 kids uh, since 2018. So make sure you stick around. For those of you that have been following our channel, we love you. We appreciate the support. For those of you that are new, make sure you hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel if you're watching this. Um, and then feel free to subscribe on all our podcasting platforms if you're someone who likes to listen to these um, as opposed to to watching them. But as always, we're excited for you guys to to benefit from this, this positive outlook and perspective on fatherhood we pray that you share it uh, because you never know whose life you could touch whose life you could change by just sharing some positivity in their life as always thank you for being here and enjoy this show all right all right all right here you go all right roman so um man again very glad to have you on i'm i'm very i feel very blessed that you that you were able to make time to to be on our channel i've already read about you i'm excited for our audience to get to know you um, and again, like I said, before we before we started recording, I just want to say from me to you, thank you for what you've done and what you're continuing to do as a father, but also as a husband uh, and just as a, as a man in this society that we live in. Well, first off, obviously, introduce yourself because I don't I'm not even going to try to pronounce your last name. OK, so if you want to just tell everybody what your name is and then just talk a little bit about what you do for, you know, for work or for a living. Yeah, uh, Roman Prokopchuk. So obviously that last name is um, hard to pronounce. It's Eastern European. So I immigrated to the U.S. at the age of uh, five turning six um, with six other family members in 1990 to a two-bedroom apartment. Um, obviously coming from a situation, technically we came over as uh, religious refugees. We went through Vienna, Austria, Rome, Italy, and then came here. That was kind of like what the process was. I uh, went to school for criminal justice, interned with the Secret Service, recession hit in 08, had to kind of pivot, got an opportunity. Somebody handed me a packet out of a trunk. It started a career in digital marketing, mm. founded an agency, uh, also podcast. But outside of that, uh, my wife and I have fostered 29 kids in four years. That journey kind of started with us going through uh, six uh, miscarriages in four years, some of which when we had, you know, foster children in our home, some prior. So that's kind of, uh, I guess, where I am and try to advocate um, and be a resource kind of for foster care reform, because I see it from the other side, um, you know, all the holes and uh, mm -hmm. potential problems in the uh, foster care system across the country and uh, how that impacts the kids that, you know, we've had and other kids, obviously, in the system. Got you. Got you, man. That's that's amazing. That's great stuff. I love it. Um, and then, I, okay, so you said you you have a wife, and uh, I guess let, let us know a little bit about your your family structure, like uh, your husband, father. Yeah, so uh, I'm married. Um, we got married in 2014, so uh, we met in 2012. Um, we have two foster children uh, right now. Uh, one went back and unfortunately came back in the system uh, from concern from us. You know, mm. uh, a lot of the time foster parents in terms of what they say isn't really weighted in the process. And that's, you know, a common frustration. So, right. you know, emphasizing that 
the uh, biological mom had mental illness. They didn't address that. He went back, you know, four to six weeks, he was back in the system. And, you know, he's with us again since uh, last August. Um, the uh, baby, well, not so much baby, but, you know, almost a two and a half year old we, we got from birth straight from the hospital. He was there for a week. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't know if he was going to make it. Um, he was, uh, you know, had drugs in the system, had a detox, that kind of stuff, uh, had a tough time breathing. And week two, you know, we got to bring him home at four pounds. And uh, we've had him ever since, basically from birth. But at one time, the most children we've had were uh, five kids under the age of four, which is an interesting, you know, setting with, you know, trying to run a business, having a podcast, all other obligations. So, kind of since June of 2018, really June 1st, when two kids were just dropped off at a doorstep, like figure it out. Um, up until now, we've had 29 kids. Wow. Wow. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's people that can relate, but, but honestly, I'm not, I'm not one of those people. So just hearing that story is, uh, is man, very inspiring to me. Um, the fact that you guys took that on. And so, so here, here, here at ripple effect fatherhood, our aim is to create and expand a movement that inspires, promotes, and encourages the positive presence of fatherhood in the lives of everyone. And, and honestly, I'm really glad to have you on because, I mean, when I say everyone, I mean everyone. And, and what you and your wife are doing uh, just really brings that to life. You know what I mean? You're, you're providing a positive presence of fatherhood in the lives of, you know, these kids uh, that, you know, otherwise wouldn't probably wouldn't have it. Yeah, so as we dive into it, tell us a little bit about your heritage and 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 I guess your initial experience. You touched on it, but like just kind of what that was like for you, just kind of coming to America in, in the beginning. Yeah, so I'm a first generation immigrant from Ukraine, uh, mainly like I did the whole whatever, what is it, Ancestry.com or whatever mm -hmm. test and it comes back like 95% like Eastern European, like Ukraine, oh, wow. that area. Um, my, my parents were together, um, ever since, uh, they got divorced in 2008. Um, I was kind of brought up in the church right now. I think I consider myself non-denominational, um, kind of like stance wise, you know, having a personal relationship with, uh, Jesus Christ, like mm. re uh, religion doesn't save having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ does. And it was one of those things. My dad, in my eyes throughout my life was never really quote unquote a Christian because a lot of people put the label Christian, but they don't live like Christ does. You know, you have people doing this, that or the other and, you know, calling yourself something doesn't mean that's what you are. And I think that that's the illusion that I kind of uh, lived with in terms of like my father did whatever, you, you know, he really wanted to do still went to church kind of, I guess, keeping up appearances and, uh, you know, cheated on my mom uh eventually like that caught up to him and they got divorced in 2008 i haven't spoken to him since or saw him in person other than him uh sending me a check on my birthday in a blank uh, birthday card every year and a text message happy birthday mm. that's you know in the last what is it 2022 so the last 14 years that's the only contact i've had with him i think that impacted me in terms of you know who I wanted to be or who I didn't want to be mm. um you know seeing how he was I wanted to be a, a better person and I guess a better role model and a, a better father um and be present because I mean you have a choice to make I often think about you know 
circumstances, if there's two siblings, one, you know, turned to, let's say, alcohol, drugs, and maybe he's locked up and the other sibling successful, use that as a driver. So I try to use that, I guess, negativity or pain and harness it into something positive. Yes. Man, that's, first of all, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Jesus, man, because I, I mean, I, I, couple things. First of all, I'm glad you brought up Jesus because in, in, in my relationship with Jesus, I'm starting to, especially now that I'm a father, I'm starting to, I'm starting to see more and more or understand more and more the details of my relationship with Jesus, because I see them in my son. I see them and I see little things in the way I, I, I love my son. And, and it always brings me back to, oh man, like that's, that's, that's the way Jesus loves me. Like that's the way Jesus came through for me or, or that's what Jesus wants me to see in this situation where I shouldn't be doing something that I'm, you know what I mean? Like just little stuff like that. Um, but also something that you said was just because you call yourself something doesn't mean that's what you are. And that really holds a lot of weight when you're talking about, you know, people who uh, call themselves followers of Christ. But as far as it relates to our topic, I think that that's, I'm glad you said that because that's a big thing in our society today too, right? Like people can call themselves a dad or a father. And that's why, that's why in our mission statement, we say the positive presence, right? Because you can be, a, you can call yourself a dad, you can call yourself a father, but if you have no acknowledgement or if you're not being intentional about providing that positive presence, you know what I mean? Like then, then you're not, you're not being, you're not living out what, you, you know, what the title that you're giving yourself. And I want to make it clear uh, is that th that positive presence doesn't mean you have a lot of money. Or it doesn't mean your kids are in private school. It doesn't mean you're, it means that you're doing the best that you can to be a, a, a positive male role model in your children's life. Those are your seeds. You know, so I'm just glad you said that. That was, that really stuck out to me. And that was huge as, as far as what it is we're trying to, the message we're trying to, to, to put out here. Yeah. Um, I think being present is important. I mean, the common denominator out of, you know, 29 kids, majority of them do not have a father, don't know who their father is or their father has not seen them. in I guess ages, whatever the circumstances are. I mean, we've had situations where, you know, children are with us for over a year and then like the the dad would just kind of bait the kid and keep their hopes up. You know, I'm going to come to see you where, you know, they don't. And there's no really excuse because sometimes they're in the area. They have other kids. They have other obligations. But it's just like, you know, it, it's sad to see that, you know, especially young kids when they're soaking up things and really seeing how, I guess, adults in their lives are, you know, acting or getting kind of, you know, a sense of who they are and, and how it is to be you know, a mom, a dad, other, you know, other roles in your life and a constant kind of letdown. I see that, you know, a lot. Mm, that's huge. And so I guess that brings me to, to, to the next one is like, at what age in your life? Cause you talked about your experience uh, as a child and, 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 and your experience of fatherhood. Um, at what age do you, did you realize the actual importance of fatherhood in your life? I mean, I, I I think it was, it was younger. I mean, I feel the void of, I guess, not having my biological father in my life. Like he was present, but he wasn't. Mm -hmm. So that void I felt uh, filled with uh, my grandfather. So he was the, you know, positive male role model. Like he was a God fearing guy. Mm -hmm. I got my, I think work ethic from him. You know, he would, he retired in Ukraine. He came here and did construction for another 
20, 25 years into his 70s where people were coming over just to, you know, on a work visa, like 20-year-olds, he did roofing, which isn't easy where I'm at in New Jersey. So it's either super cold when it gets into the fall mm. or in the summer, you're in like 100-degree weather, you know, putting roofs. Mm. Um, so work ethic, he uh, worked Monday, Monday to Saturday, really, and Sunday he went to church twice and really not a complaint out of him ever. You know, I don't even remember a complaint out of him when I was a kid. Um, he passed away about three years ago. So it hit me kind of hard. Yeah. It was the first kind of major loss in my life. But um, I, I don't know how that necessarily impacted him. going through the grieving process. Towards the end of that, I was kind of like, you know, down. <clears throat> but I remembered he was proud of me in terms of like telling me, you know, you're taking care of all these kids and, you know, what you're doing, what you accomplished in life. And I owed it, I think, to him in my mind to not kind of like be down on yourself or depressed, kind of achieve what I wanted to achieve and keep going forward because that's what he would have uh, wanted for me. So my grandfather turned out to be kind of, you know, my male role model. And I'm glad, you know, he filled that void in a positive way. Man, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And I guess one thing that I want to touch on as far as your experience is the importance of, having that male role model and and mainly for me i i have a heart for mentorship and and the lord's starting to develop that in me over time because for everybody listening maybe maybe you're like uh roman and 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 you've you've tried to have kids right uh biologically right and maybe it's not working out for you for whatever reason however that doesn't mean that you can't fill that fatherhood role in the lives of you know what I mean young people who need it and the reason I bring that up is because I didn't grow up my 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 dad wasn't in my life growing up however when I look back I can pinpoint seasons of my life where there were male role models whether it be a basketball coach whether it be a security guard at the school there were those guys who filled those roles in my life in seasons of my life and without them even knowing it, it's not like they took on that responsibility. They were just a positive male presence that in my life that taught me things about character and how to carry yourself and how to uh, shake hands and look eye to eye when you're talking, you know what I mean? Those little things. And so the fact that you had your grandfather in your life is, it just, it just attests to the fact that that positive male presence, if you're somebody who lacks a biological father, latch on to those positive male role models in your life because that could be that that is one of the ways the lord will will fill that emptiness that that you feel and that's 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 what i i always thought there was a void i always said oh there was this this piece of me that was missing but i realized that it was never missing i always had the father figure that i needed in jesus but also jesus placed men in my life over time that helped guide me and, and, and showed me the right way. You know what I mean? Getting into your experience, you know, if, if, if you don't mind, obviously, uh, can you talk to us about your experience with, with the miscarriages that you talked about from, you know, from a husband's perspective uh, and how you learned to overcome those challenges for somebody who may be going through that as well? Yeah. And obviously piggy, piggybacking of, uh, on what you say and transitioning into this, like I always say, which I got it for myself. I didn't come up. Everything in life is a lesson or a blessing. Mm -hmm. So you have to make the best out of a situation you're dealt. Uh, and like you said, sometimes 
people come into your life and you don't even, you know, see them being as something, but they teach you a lot. And oftentimes it's that reflection after the fact. So, you know, we, we got married, we decided obviously to <clears throat> start a family. Um, you know, we, we had a miscarriage, we went to kind of infertility treatments and started doing that in terms of kind of embryo transfer. We had an egg re uh, retrieval, spent well over hundred thousand dollars out of pocket on this whole you know wow. journey yeah and i think like after going through one miscarriage is tough but like at this point six it kind of like takes a piece out of you every time like you're kind of numb um you know the last one was i think was the, the hardest because it was the furthest on in terms of the pregnancy mm. and it happened during this whole nonsense covid fiasco so i had to sit in the parking lot when you know my wife had to go into the uh, infertility uh, clinic and they basically had to you know cut the fetus out of her and I couldn't be there to hold her hand or anything yeah. so it's one of those things and it's it's hard from I guess the male perspective because it's like hard on you but then it's hard because you have to figure out how to be there for your spouse and you know the spouse is kind of like twofold because it's happening to her body also you know both it's an emotional thing and a physical thing so it's kind of you feel helpless and kind of trapped in a way. Um, and like, you know, we we kept trying. We got to obviously to six miscarriages and, you know, we're still obviously naturally trying. We don't know if we're going to do another uh, embryo transfer or not, but um, we thought about it. And obviously there's other ways to, you know, start a family if you want to start a family. At that point, I think adoption was off the table because it's like, you know, super expensive, like mm -hmm. mid five figures to adopt, which is which is crazy and, you know, similar if you do it overseas. So then we looked at, you know, becoming foster parents because we thought, you know, if we don't necessarily uh, get to adopt, we get to, you know, impact kids, have kids in our home, at least create a safe, loving space for the time they are with us. So we went to an orientation, kind of went through the process. It took like eight months and technically we're fostered to adopt. So we have a child in our home and parental rights are terminated by the state they would come to us first and ask us, you know, are you willing to adopt this child based on obviously the bond and relationship uh, that you've made? So that's mm. kind of what we did. Uh, you know, May 31st of 2018, we were formally licensed. The next day, two kids dropped off at our doorstep and basically figure it out. And uh, in class, because you do uh, about 40 hours in class with kind of like a, a caseworker that goes through like a whole training book and you know how, how to handle situations how to deal with the state and it's one of those things like a lot of stuff in life where it's like we're gonna be there for you you know everything is like sunshine and rainbows and then it's like a scared straight thing you get thrown into it figure it out there's nobody there for you mm. which is kind of a lot of situations in life so we kind of figured out the the situations and things that we've you know overcome and the whole process and how we've helped kids along the way and kind of a large part of that really uh have done it ourselves wow man i couldn't imagine like i told you before like I, obviously that's you know your experience is something that i can't relate to but man what i love about it is like you said the fact that just just the the principles of what happened you had a challenge that you had to overcome and like you mentioned earlier instead of taking a negative and adding a negative, you looked for a way to take what 
you know, what most people would see as a negative and, and draw positivity out of it. And so, I mean, anybody who looks at, re listens to this, reads your bio, reads the description that we're going to put on here, anybody can, can see that so much good, although it's, it's such like, it's, a, it's, it's a devastating thing to go through so much good has come from that. And so whether we're talking about fatherhood, whether we're talking about whatever the case may be, I think that that's such a, a, a hard principle that, that people can grasp from this. You know, a lot of people are dealing with illnesses, cancers, whatever the case may be losing kids, losing, you know what I mean? And so this, this, this thing that you, that you and your wife have done is just such a great testimony to, okay, this happens and it's out of your control, but what is in your control? And then focus on that and then draw the positivity out of what you can control. And so you guys took, took what the Lord gave you and said, okay, all right, Lord, this is what you've given us. This is the, this is, this is what you bless us with. And so we're going to go, we're going to go and, and pursue this thing. And now you've been able to bless over 25 children. I think you said, what was it 29? 29. Yeah. Almost 30. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. I guess, first off, I mean, I, I want to go back and, and just kind of, again, say thank you to, to, to you and to your wife, because everything that I want to see out of this uh, nonprofit that my wife and I started, I mean, you guys are, you guys are a living testimony to, to what I'd like to see come out of this, you know, just, just changing the lives um, of, of the people who need it. Um, so thank you for what you guys have done and what you guys are doing. Uh, I guess my last, my last thing for you is for somebody who is going through this and for somebody who's struggling with, I guess, fatherhood, right? How would you bring Jesus into that equation to that person? So you and I are talking and I'm telling you, Hey, I'm having a hard time. I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I want to stick around. I don't know if I can handle this, but I do believe in God. I do believe that I do believe in Jesus. What would you tell me as far as uh, the relationship that you have with Jesus and how it's impacted your relationship as a father and, and your life as a father? You know, what, what, what advice would you give me? How would you, how would you try and talk me into sticking this thing out? Yeah. I mean, just kind of like, you know, God is love, you know, Christ is love and, that love uh, that he has for you, you, you should kind of emulate and, and reflect it if you, you know, want to truly, you know, live for Christ and, mm -hmm. and really surround yourself also, you know, don't do it alone, get a, uh, a support system, God fearing men, because I mean, one of the biggest things that I've seen in, uh, you know, personal and professional development and trying to walk in terms of kind of in faith and, you know, follow Christ, which you know, people see that it's this like perfect journey. And if, you know, maybe you're a new Christian or, you know, you've, you've been kind of in the faith or took that kind of commitment yourself since you were young, it's not, you, you know, you fall, you have issues, but at the end of the day, it's kind of just showing up, getting back up, kind of um, being convicted to, to do better and coming to the realization, you know, what, what have you done? You know, what have you sinned? Kind of having God forget about, uh, you know, forgive you and for, forget about that clean slate from that. I mean, he died for, for our sins. So really stating that, you, you know, just show up. It's not, you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to be there all the time, but just kind of like you mentioned, just be present and just, you know, be, be positive in that sense. And, 
and, and the main thing I would say is, is find a group of people that are like-minded or that are, you know, a living a life that you're trying to live because good character gets corrupted by bad company. And regardless how, um, what your walk is with God, if you, if you surround yourself with people that are doing something or living a life that doesn't align with yours and it's possibly detrimental to you events eventually they'll chip away on your character regardless of who you are maybe you know you'll stop going to church you'll you know fall into vices so on and so forth so mm -hmm. having a support system potentially you know meeting like a men's group or having like a bible study and really having other fathers or maybe other people that have been in a situation that are you know have faith in their lives that are struggle or have struggled and you know still it is you know life i don't think is easy anything in life isn't easy it's a struggle it's a journey so really positioning yourself and having at least one person uh, holding you accountable in your journey as well that's huge so yeah for anybody listening if you or anybody you know is, is struggling the fatherhood responsibility I mean, the, the most important thing that you can do, like Roman was saying, is, is, is to find somebody who, who you can latch on to for that encouragement that you need. Uh, because like you said, I mean, you, you, you don't want to go through it alone. You don't have to go through it alone. And, you know, just realize that uh, we're all, we all, like I wake up every day with, you know, just the thoughts in my head of, you know, okay, I have a son. And, and I, you know what I mean? Like I'm responsible for him. I got to keep him safe. I got to teach him this. I got to do X, Y, and Z. I mean, we all are going through some kind of struggle as fathers, no matter how much money that you have, um, no matter how good it looks on the surface. Right. And the only reason I bring those things up is because that's what our society tells us is, you know, the thing that we strive for to, to make everything seem like everything's okay. But essentially fatherhood is more than what we see on the surface. Fatherhood is, is is below the surface it's an it's an internal uh decision that you make um and then you allow the lord to lead you going forward so man roman again thank you brother that was that was an amazing amazing answer amazing interview because uh i just think somebody out there really needed to hear it um especially someone like me because i'm more introverted right so when i go through stuff i grew up as an only child and my mom worked night shift a lot so Whenever I had an issue, I I did I just you know it wasn't really, it, it's not my first instinct instinct to go talk to somebody. It's my first instinct to problem solve and then internalize. You know what I mean? And so as a father, I'm learning that hey, I I need to be I need to find that group of guys that I can be open with because I can't do this by myself. And God doesn't want me to do it by myself. Man, that was that was huge. And Brother, again, I appreciate you very much for, for being on here and making the time. For those of you that are watching, those of you that are listening, uh, we'll have Roman's contact information, his social media platforms, his business information, all in the description of this video. Uh, if you if you are a father out there that that needs somebody to reach out to and you don't you don't necessarily have anybody in your life, I'm always gonna put my contact information out there. You guys know how you can reach out to me if you're watching this or listening to this. But I mean, Roman, of course, I think that you're somebody that, you know, somebody shot you a message or an email just saying, hey, you know, I need advice on X, Y, and Z when it comes to fatherhood. I feel like you're somebody that would be available for that, right? Yeah. I mean, I've personally and professionally, I think I've professionally, I've given at this point, six figures of information for free regardless of who's asking me so i i mean in in life and in general i try to treat anybody in 
uh, in my situation, especially being there where people weren't necessarily there for me. Like you said, you were coming from, you know, an introverted situation and oftentimes men compartmentalize their feelings and what they're about. So I think kind of like having an outlet for that. So anybody that reaches out to me about anything, or if they're thinking about becoming a foster parent, kind of giving you the, the scared straight, basically approach and not necessarily sugarcoating it because oftentimes where people don't give you that, you know, I guess, tough love per se, and just said, everything's going to be all right. Well, you know, majority of life, whatever you plan out, isn't necessarily going to go your way. You just have to adapt, you know, and make do and take the best out of things of every situation. Amen. Amen. Well, again, Roman, thank you, brother. This has been wonderful. Um, I'm excited to put this out there for, for people to benefit from. At the end of the day, we always just look to impact at least one person out there and then just pray that the Lord allows it to grow and spread from there. So I think this has been great. I'm excited. And those of you that are watching and listening, make sure you make sure you reach out, check out his social media pages uh, and his business pages. Like I said, it'll be in the descriptions. All right. As always, thank you guys for being here. Mm-hmm.